Well, good morning to uh, each of you. What an honor it is to uh, be together to worship and praise God's holy name. It's good to be in God's presence. And it's good to know uh, that presence is a presence of love that draws us together and that then sends us forth to offer that uh, same love. We have uh, all along over these um, four weeks been talking about what it means to, to make a difference. We have understood that um, our vision, God's preferred future for us as a church, is to make a difference by following Christ, by um, offering hope, by serving others, and by loving everyone. These four weeks have gone by very, very quickly. You know, they say about a, a vision statement that it needs to be clear and compelling that it needs to be easily remembered and uh, even more easily repeated. And hopefully our vision statement is doing that, that you have it committed to memory and that you're repeating it often as it relates to your own life, as it relates to our common life together. So today we consider this uh, fourth piece of our vision statement. It's not a last but least sort of thing. It is uh, really central. To, uh, to what we are about uh, in making a difference for, for God's kingdom. We, we talk today about loving everyone. Cheryl's mom, uh, Joyce Spalding, and, and some of you will remember Joyce, used to tell the, the grandkids as they would leave their home, I love you the most, and that's that. She repeated it to, to every one of the kids. Uh, they got the idea not only uh, by what she said, but what, by what she did, that uh, she did love them very, very much, that she loved them the most, and that was that. I love you the most, and that is that is uh, sort of a, a statement that, that's endured in, in our family life. We, we still uh, repeat that to one another. One Christmas, the kids even uh, gave her a, a plate. You can see uh, all their names are, are around, and there in the center is, we love you the most. They just sort of uh, turn the table just ever so slightly to, to say a word of love to her. I've done sort of a devilish twist on that statement with some of my own grandkids. On occasion, I'll uh, put uh, young Owen in my lap, and I'll whisper into his ear, you know that you are my favorite. And I'll also say, oh, yeah, and uh, don't tell Henry, <laughs> his brother. And then I'll uh, sometimes we'll take little Maggie into my lap, and I'll whisper into her ear, you know that, I'm, uh, that you're my favorite. And I'll say, oh, but don't tell, uh, don't tell Charlotte or, or Miles. I, I hope I haven't scarred them for life. Maybe that has happened. <laughs> Love at least the way Jesus sees it doesn't really choose favorites. It seeks to love everyone as tough as that can be sometime. We hear a very clear word about that uh, today. Uh, we do from uh, Christ as he speaks from the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Christ offers what I think is his most challenging word about love. So let's read today Matthew uh, chapter 5, verses 43 through 48. Hear this from God's word. You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and 
the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Or not even the, the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is God's word, and may it be a deep and abiding blessing to us as we hear it read, and as now as we make effort to take our lives and apply them to this word. May God bless us all. You, all, you have all heard the, uh, the expression, love makes the world go round. That uh, expression has been with us for, for many, many years. It, it first debuted in a Broadway musical called Carnival way back in 1961. Even the Everly Brothers uh, turned that song into a hit uh, soon thereafter. Love makes the world go round. If anything, the expression speaks to the power of love and how it affects the lives of those love touches. Just recently, I've been reading that the rotation of the earth is slowing down, albeit almost imperceptibly. Maybe, just maybe, that's due to the fact that there just isn't as much love to go around these days. While that's not the reason for the slowdown of the rotation of the earth, we can all agree that love is at a premium today. It just seems to be in short supply. When we think of love, we conjure up romantic notions that are, that are sappy and shallow. We consider a love that, that comes with very little cost and even less sacrifice. Jesus, on the other hand, takes a very serious view when it comes to love. He, um, he doesn't pull any punches. Jesus would be the first to admit that love for God and love for other people is where each of us needs to be. There's, a, there's a, a vertical perspective on love and one that plays out on the horizontal plane. Love for God, love for other people. In fact, uh, Jesus views love for God and for others as the fulfillment of the law. Love for God and love for others is the very thing Jesus asks of everyone who seeks to follow him. For Jesus, uh, love is a high calling. In fact, it is the highest calling. Our vision statement that we rehearsed just a second ago uh, aligns with that. Again, to hear it, we, we, we understand our vision to, to be to make a difference by following Christ, offering hope, serving others, and loving everyone. It's that everyone part that really uh, poses a problem offers a great challenge. When it comes to what Jesus teaches, it's not left to us to pick and choose who we will love. Jesus said, you have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. It gives us all pause. We, we understand that to be quite the challenge. While the phrase, uh, love your neighbor and hate your enemy is not in the Old Testament, we, we know deep down that it's just a part of human nature to do such things. In fact, we've, we've acted that out on a number of occasions as we've gone about our business. 
when it comes to, to love, Jesus um, turns, um, turns things to say, but I tell you this, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That sort of thing would seem to be flatly impossible, save for the love of God in us and the love of God working through us. We, we will never scale the heights of love that Jesus talks about without first experiencing the love of God deep within us. The, the, the two are really, um, really intrinsically tied as we know and understand the overwhelming love of God in our hearts, then we'll find ourselves at that much better place of being able to turn and to love everyone. You see, the truth is this. We love because we have first been loved. Love your neighbor as you love yourself hinges on that. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Only as we experience God's love deep within us will we be able to rise to the high calling of loving those who seemingly are impossible to love. Only as we accept God's love and will we find ourselves better able to love ourselves in a more healthy fashion. And when we love ourselves in a more healthy fashion, we'll be able to love others in a more healthy way. Paul puts it well in, in Romans 15, 7, accept one another as Christ accepted you. Hear that. Christ accepting us. His grace overwhelming us. His love showering upon us. And because of that, we find ourselves, again, at that much better place to accept others. So the, the high calling is this, to, to love as, as God loves even though some may conspire, some may connive to bring you harm, God's call is to love them even more. This is just what God's children do. As the old song goes, and they will know we are Christian by our love. God offers His love without distinction or discrimination, and we should as well. As Jesus said, God causes his, um, his Son to rise on the evil and the good and send, sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous alike. Essentially, what he is saying is that, that God's love permeates the, in, the entire earth, all of his creation, and he offers it without distinction or discrimination. As we talked about earlier, God does not play favorites and we shouldn't either. Jesus, in talking about such things, plays the, the if game, if you will. He, he says, if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet your own people only, what are you doing more than others? Even the pagans do that. I like what uh, King Duncan writes about, about such things, playing this, this if game. And we all do it, let's admit it. He, he writes, if, if you love only those who love you, those who look like you, those who speak the, the same language as you do, have the same values as you do, vote the same way as you do, 
ignore everyone else and even despise uh, everyone else. You may be a nice person. You may be in some ways a, a good person. You may be a responsible person, but you are not a follower of Jesus Christ. If you follow Jesus, you're going to need to be complete in your love. You're going to, to seek a love that extends to everyone in the world. So that leads us to a very challenging word. Loving as Christ wants us to, to, to love is not just a high calling, but it's a higher standard, a higher standard for each and every one of us. And, and, and that higher standard is well beyond us, save for the, for the love and the strength that God provides. Jesus says this, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Every um, ordained clergy in the United Methodist Church is asked a series of historic questions dating back to the days of John Wesley. One of those questions has to do with this higher standard. This be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. So the question is this, do you expect to be made perfect in love in this life? And do you mind if I repeat that again? Because it's a tough one. Do you expect to be made perfect in love in this life? Now, that doesn't mean a sinless perfection, because we all know that, that we sin. We, we all mess up. We all find ourselves uh, separating ourselves willfully, if not selfishly, from, from God. And we are thankful for the great work of Christ on the cross that redeems us and, and frees us from the hold of such things on our life. So we're not talking about a, a sinless perfection here. When, we're, when we hear Jesus say, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect, what, what we're really talking about is, is, uh, is that work of God that, um, that leaves us at the place, leaves us open to the work of God, to where He is uh, drawing us closer and closer to a likeness of Christ Himself. God, God loves us, warts and all. Can we all be thankful for that? He, he loves us just as we are. When it comes to following Christ, perfect people need not apply. In fact, if we consider ourselves perfect, we'll, we'll only drive ourselves and others crazy. That's just the way perfectionism is. You may or may not know it, but all along, Methodists have held a, a, a theological notion called uh, Christian perfection. Some have termed it, in fact, Wesley did, of scriptural holiness. It, it's, it's that higher standard that fundamentally is tied to the love that God has for each and, and every one of us. I can say from my own life that uh, I have loved when I thought that it was absolutely impossible to love. I, I am assured that such love is really nothing that I do, absolutely nothing, save for the fact of God's work in my life and then issuing through my life to give Him glory and, and praise. God has brought me a long way in this regard, and I've got to tell you, I've got a long way to go. So the question comes to you. 
do you expect to be made perfect in love in this life? Is that a possibility for you? I would say that it is, as your heart is open, as you allow God's love to overwhelm you, and as you make yourself available to God's transforming work in your life. This question is not just a question for for clergy, but it is a question that is for all who seek to follow Jesus. Now, the Greek word that is used here in Matthew 5, 48, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect, is is telos. And there's sort of a a progressive quality to it, a, a durative quality, basically pointing to the fact that God is always working on our lives, always bringing about His, uh, His perfection, if you will, in, in us. He, he's looking to, to mold and, and, and shape us, to transform our lives to where we are indeed becoming more and more like Christ. Are you different today than you were yesterday? Are you different this year than you were last year? Can you claim God's uh, transformative work in your life, bringing you to the place where His perfection, this, this sort of progressive perfection is, is coming out, is shining forth and making a difference in the life of the wor- world? God's power is able to mold you. It's able to shape you into the sort of person that God longs for you to be. That's deep stuff. But let's at least admit that God is able to do a wonderful work in our lives, that He is able to transform us, to make us different even on a daily basis, particularly when it comes to loving everybody. God's in the business of this perfecting, if you will, if we would give Him a chance. Allowing God to have His way in our lives will bring us to the place where we, even we, will be able to love everyone. We will find ourselves loving broadly, consistently, and without fail. Love will become that very driving force in our lives that has that, that winsome spirit about it that people will, uh, will want to be around us for one thing, but but they'll, they'll, they'll want to be drawn to, to, to God, the very reason for the love in the first place. So we talked just a second ago about John Wesley and, and him talking about uh, Christian perfection, scriptural holiness, of going on to perfection, of God's great work, His transformative power. Our men's um, small group on Wednesday nights is studying a, a small book. In fact, that's one of the uh, prerequisites of any sort of book that we study has to be uh, short with big print, and if there are pictures with it, all thumbs up. (laughs) This book is Reuben Job. It's called The Three Simple Rules, And, and the book is based on what are termed the general rules of the church. Wesley established those general rules of the church well over 250 years ago. And those rules include this, do no harm, do good, and stay in love with God. Wesley said, don't do evil, do good, 
and attend to the means of grace. Job sort of turns that just a bit and says, do not do harm, do good, and stay in love with God. In our group, we are learning that that has everything to do with loving other people, notwithstanding loving God. What a difference. What a difference it would make if we follow the three general rules, these, uh, these general rules of the church of, of doing good, not doing harm, of staying in love with God. How different would the world be if we, along with everyone else, held to these general rules? Again, rules that are very much tied to the sort of high standard of love that Jesus calls each of us to. A couple of weeks ago, we referred to a, to a book by uh, Bill Hybels titled Just Walk Across the Room. In, in that book, uh, Hybels talks about the, the importance of uh, just walking across the room when it comes to, to offering a good word about Jesus, of witnessing to the, to the good news about Christ. I think that that same notion of walking across the room is applicable when it comes to loving everyone. We need to not only walk across the room when it comes to love, but across our classrooms, our offices, our streets, our community, even the world, to share the love that is within us and the, share, and the love that seeks to, uh, to, to move through us to good effect, to where others are, are clearly being struck by that love, drawn by that love, and understanding where that love comes from in the first place. We need to put some things behind in order for that to be done. We need to put, a, put aside pride. We do well to put aside stubbornness, to put aside hurt, fear, and, and anger. All of these things have a way of, of entering, interrupting the, the discourse of love. We do well to, to put aside prejudice and, and ideology, all for the sake of God's love being able to shine through us. We need to walk across the room when it comes to love and share that same love with others that has so shaped and transformed our lives. Only then will we find ourselves making a difference by loving everyone. It's a high calling. It's a, an even higher uh, standard. But yet, with God's love involving itself in, in our lives, we, we have that potential, that grand potential to be able to follow through as Christ would have us to follow through, even to, to the point of loving our enemies and praying for those who persecute us. So, let's make a difference. Let's make a difference by loving everyone. Let's pray together. God, thank you. Thank you for, um, for challenging us in your word today. We pray that uh, our hearts would be open, that we would uh, know of your, uh, your grace and mercy, your love sh showering upon us. Lord, move in our midst. 
And may it be that we experience your love through Christ. Lord God, we, uh, we pray that uh, as we share in your love, that we would then be able to turn and to share the same with those who are around us. From your transformative power, may it be that we seek to go and transform the world through the love that is you. We pray, Lord, for those relationships that we have that are particularly tough. We pray for those that are seemingly impossible. Lord, we need your help in the mix of those. We pray that you help us. Moreover, we pray that you love us in the, the mix of those. And in that, may we be uh, different to where we are able to turn in love. Thanks, Lord. <clears throat> Thanks, Lord, for, uh, for the challenge of Christ, for the ways that he um, leads the way when it comes to love. And Lord, we pray very humbly and in the power of your Holy Spirit that we would be able to do as he did. Help us to become more like him. This prayer we make in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen.